I thought that was interesting how you showed the homes priced in gold. Uh, I think your chart there shows since 2005 to, to 2020 and showing that actually the home price in gold has actually been going down. Um, you're, yeah, you were saying in 2005 the average home was, it took 573 ounces of gold to buy and today it's a mere 274 ounces of gold. This is Canadian Market Watch, the podcast where your co-hosts, Jim Check and George Sanders, dive into the economy of Canada with industry experts. They cover mining, oil and gas, forestry, agriculture, manufacturing, and everything in between. Asking lots of questions, tough questions. If it's impacting the Canadian economy, they're talking about it. Well, welcome, Art. Art Bidolovsky. Welcome to the show uh, with Jim and George on Canadian Market Watch. Um, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, Art, and what you do. Yeah, first of all, thank you for having me on. Uh, second of all, I'm quite surprised you got my name that well. Usually people take a few times, a few stabs at the Bidolovsky. But uh, anyways, I'm a realtor here in Kelowna, a local realtor. I've been handling the market for about three years now. I, uh, I grew up in Kelowna, then was playing hockey all throughout, played hockey all over the world, all the way to the professional level. And um, once I began feeling my body die down a little bit, I uh, took online courses for real estate and then actually my hockey career ended quite abruptly when I broke my throat. So I had to make that switch quite quickly, came back home here in Kelowna, started my real estate business, and actually just left uh, uh, the number one team at REMAX a little bit ago and then started my own uh, firm and team here in Kelowna. You specialized in a certain area or you continue to specialize in a certain area of real estate? I do. So I predominantly work with investors. So the single family, the suite at home investors, I take care of their real estate portfolio. So I analyze their portfolios, see any gaps in it, and uh, really focus on the trajectory of the market, making sure that they're making the best returns on real estate and then uh, and handle it from there. We've been pretty fortunate in the Okanagan in the last little while, I guess Canada in general, with uh, rising home prices, I guess, for investors all along. Is that kind of um, kind of what you've seen so far? Yeah, there's uh, two, two points on that. So with Kelowna, our, our values have been going up steadily, which is great news for people that bought before and uh, or have properties already. Rentals are coming up. Uh, they almost raise rise on a monthly level uh, so their their properties are performing very well right now um, the difficult part was getting new properties for those uh, investors so making sure that the cash flow because once you're uh, the price goes up on a home it's a little bit more difficult to actually make them cash flow mm-hmm. just on the rental side of it for sure Obviously, this this recent um, crisis with COVID has changed a lot of the dynamics in real estate. Not a lot of stuff is getting listed or sold right now. I think I've seen some numbers 
out of Toronto of 69% drop in activity. And I think somebody shared something with me about a 45% drop here in, in the Kelowna market in the last month. Yeah, some some very close to that. So it, it takes, there's two points to that right now that, first of all, I don't believe there's anything like a Canadian real estate market. Everything is so localized that there's not even a BC market. There's barely really a Kelowna market. What I do is I analyze every portion of Kelowna and there's some years uh, a 30% spread from one area of Kelowna to a different area. So that's something that you have to really watch out for. Uh, Right now, there's a lot of fear in the market. Uh, Good news is that all the interest rates are down. So your monthly expenses uh, go down with that if you, you are buying a new property. But um, again, not so many people want people walking through their homes uh, with the COVID crisis, obviously. So any buyers that I take through, they have to sign a waiver form. Usually I just walk through online and uh, show my potential buyers uh, the property that way. And then again, since I do work predominantly in that investment field, believe it or not, quite a few of my clients have never actually been inside the home that they purchased. So a lot of these investors are from outside the market then, I take it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've been seeing a lot of investors from either Toronto, a lot from Vancouver, because prices were sky high there. If they decided to downsize, or they see themselves retiring here in the future, they just... And you sent me the email there and you included gold in it. That's why I had George jump into this call. George has been in the resource market for how long, George? 40 years? Uh, yeah. And so I, I thought that was interesting how you showed the homes priced in gold. Uh, I think your chart there mm-hmm. shows since 2005 to, to 2020 and showing that actually the home price in gold has actually been going down. Um, you're, yeah. Yeah, you were saying in 2005, the average home was, it took 573 ounces of gold to buy, and today it's a mere 274 ounces of gold. What do you make of that? You know what? I haven't fully even processed the implications of that. Um, it, to me, I think there's some underlying data there of what's, what's performing better in which asset class. Um, back in 2005, I believe gold was about $422 an ounce. But today it's sixteen hundred seventy-four, or right around there, depending on when you listen to this podcast. Obviously, in the real estate market, the average home price was closer to that three hundred thousand when we're up here in Kelowna, up to six fifty-eight. Um, if, if you basically took your investment, put it into gold back in two thousand five, and kept that chunk of gold you'd be doing very well right now. You could buy probably probably two, three homes, investment properties with that gold. Um, It it shows anyone that's in the bullion market, they're doing very well. If anyone's in the real estate market, you know what? They're doing quite well as well. Uh, I obviously am slightly biased towards real estate because it is more or less a cash flowing asset. But I do think that people have to diversify and uh, look at different asset classes just as much. As yeah, well. and, and, and Art, I think that one of the things, and Jim and I have talked about it on other podcasts, 
uh, I think it's a big mistake to view, uh, well, anything, but certainly from an economic or business or investment standpoint, from a binary mindset, uh, either Mm -hmm. or, yes, no, black or white, red, green, uh, not one or the other. So, uh, So we can see some data where it takes so many ounces to buy a home a number of years ago, and then today it takes less ounces. That's not really a commentary on whether one should be invested 100% one place or 100% another place. Uh, and, and also it's overlooking the fact that we have to live somewhere and most people's major investment really in the gold space um, is its particular role. It has a wealth preservation kind of insurance policy role as opposed to uh, an outright capital gain or investment income rule. Uh, for those things, if you want to look at the at the uh, gold space, you would go to mining companies, uh, streaming and royalty companies, even exploration and development companies within the precious metal space, um, rather than just the precious metals. So different motivations for the different asset classes as you say um but uh that data that data is very interesting and you know as a as a gold person uh from a different demographic than yourself i'm i'm really interested uh to even uh hear of somebody in in uh in your demographic who actually would even bother to look at the statistic as uh, the number of ounces to purchase uh, a plot of land because uh, a lot of uh, people under 50 have forgotten or have no experience with precious metals. Something, by the way, Jim and I think is going to change dramatically uh, suddenly, like right now. Yeah, and I think, yeah, exactly. It's at this moment in time, I'm glad that I have been investing in gold and silver because I view that, like, I think similar to yourself, more of an insurance. And uh, just taking a look at the market, we have nothing to do but really stay home, uh, research, listen to the government, seeing what, how, what they're doing to help out the economy. And I'm looking right now that trillions, billions of uh, dollars are getting printed out now. And it makes me wonder, and I'm sure I'm not alone, but where is this money coming from? How does that work? And uh, if you look back and research a little bit back when we were on the gold standard, it eases me. It gives me a peace of mind that I do own some gold. Um, I do... You would know this much better than I do, that there's a few different gold markets. You could talk about mining, but if you're talking about gold itself, that there's also a paper market and then the the real actual gold in gold coins, bars, silver bars. And from what I've heard, I think it's... We did have a guest on uh, a few podcasts ago 
who mm-hmm. is sort of a sound money or hard money advocate, um, like yourself, a former high-level hockey player, although from a, a different generation. Um, and uh, uh, we were talking very specifically and in some detail because he was a former commodities broker or at least had a license as a commodities broker, the difference between uh, the physical gold market, the availability or supply to that market, and what goes on in futures or, or paper markets. And earlier this week, we saw a bizarre example of paper markets where the price of oil went uh, into serious negative dollars. Uh, happened on Tuesday, which was also the expiration day of the contract. Uh, and for people who were actually going to take delivery, there was no storage space available. So uh, so that paper market stopped functioning, if you will, below a price of essentially zero. Mm-hmm. There's a different dynamic that many believe are going on in the gold market, which is that it's very difficult to get a substantial amount of investment into physical and that there is becoming a divergence between the physical price of the metal and what you could buy a futures contract for. Um, mm-hmm. And that that beta, if you will, or that, I should say, delta, that the difference there uh, ha- has been expanding and contracting in quite a volatile manner, which tells me and lots of other observers that there's something wrong in the paper market. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so I mean, that's not really something that you experience a lot of in real estate, but, uh, and for a long time, that's just, it's been kind of business as usual in the precious metal space. Uh, but this has emerged in the last six weeks as a quite a serious issue and is one of uh, several reasons, and I'm sure the reading that you've done on this, you've run across it, as to why the price is uh, not far away from an all-time high in U.S. dollars and at, at or near all-time highs in every other currency in the world. So, so one of the reasons that we were doing this this show, Canadian Market Watch, or it is capital markets here in, in um, Canada seem to get less and less attention as people find alternative financing through angel investing, private equity, and all that kind of stuff. I think I remember like something like six months for a new listing on the TSX, and it's kind of been a forgotten kind of thing, and, and Canada is one of the richest resource nations in the world. We were just going to try and see if we could educate some of the public back onto what Canada its history and 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 why these kind of things are important to our our roots and our future and so it's it's mm-hmm. it's encouraging to hear somebody young like yourself that is uh interested in 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 more than just you know uh cannabis stocks or or bitcoin um maybe mm-hmm. give us a, a feel for are you are you alone out there or do you have a bunch of people that talk about this or how how does it resonate in your kind of like your your circle of friends yeah, you know what? I do believe that different circles of friends talk about different things. I'm fortunate enough that I I pick a small group of people that I 
would go out with, hang out with regularly. And they're quite interested in this as well. Um, they, they look at the different markets, what's available. Uh, a group of them would be investing in that cannabis stock. They did incredibly well. I know a couple of local companies here. They did well. I don't, I don't believe they're performing very well right now. Um, after that whole speculation of it passed through, um, then you, you have time to look at the history of it. And the biggest issue right now with my generation and your viewers, I'm, I'm 28. Uh, so anywhere that under 30 uh, um, demographic, where if you do want to save, chances are you're saving or your first house, things like that. If you're renting right now, unless you have a high up position somewhere in a big company, there's not too much money flowing around that you can go and uh, purchase uh, some gold and stock it away. Uh, a lot of my friends don't know how to actually, or how it works. Um, they love to, okay, we'll put money in the bank. Sometimes they have a, an advisor, their financial advisor will obviously lead them towards one of their mutual funds that they probably take a tab anyways, small percentage point. Um, but now more and more, if I think they're looking at the gold aspect. Um, the funniest thing too is I have multiple groups and I find the the hunting uh, sort of tribe of people that uh, probably purchase guns as well. They, they see a lot of value. And they go up, say, to cross the lake and shoot targets, things like that. They're more more likely to own gold as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, you just tied it, us to it, the crazy bunch makes, then. Makes a lot of <laughs> yeah. sense. The survivalists, for sure. You, you know, uh, uh, just... Uh, uh, talking about the demographic difference or the age difference. So one of my goals as a young man was to uh, own my own home before I turned 25. And, mm -hmm. and I, I was able to do that. Um, I wasn't entirely truthful with uh, the mortgage lender um, about where the down payment was coming from. So I 100% financed this thing. But nevertheless, there I was, and I, I made it by a month uh, to own my own home before I was 25. Uh, but my mortgage rate was 23.5%. Mm -hmm. wow. The flip side of that is if I, was an in, if I was an investor just putting my money in the bank, I would have been earning 15%. Mm -hmm. Now, that was a highly inflationary time, but nevertheless, a young person could do that. Uh, today, if a young person, same age group, puts their money in the bank, they're going to be lucky if it covers the service charge in the savings account. So mm -hmm. there's no there's no investment. You're not going to get ahead doing that. And if you're into a very conservative uh, portfolio through a wealth management, maybe the parents 
have directed you to somebody that's done very well for them, again, there's not much return. Uh, and, and it's difficult to get ahead. And I'm sure you have some clients who've been able to find a little bit of seed capital that have been able to parlay it in, in the real estate game and actually get ahead. And those same people that you, you mentioned earlier, uh, friends and, and associates, uh, acquaintances who did well in the Canada space. Uh, I think the critical mass because a couple thousand bucks after tax at one and a half percent a year is going to take you an entire lifetime before you even earn 50 percent on that money. So you guys have it uh, a little bit uh, of a different scenario uh, than it was a generation ago uh, in in terms of. Um, you know, just what sort of money you can earn on a conservative investment like a, a GIC or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think what's happening right now, too, is because people are locked down, depending if you have an essential job or not, uh, people will look around, take a look at their finances, and go, I'm never going to let this happen again. Um, so I do truly believe that this is the start of a, almost a great awakening. And then as an individual family basis, there more and more people will start to save. Um, and if they, they're looking at saving inside of a bank, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to carry cash or put cash away in a bank account somewhere because you're really losing value every single month, every single um, year by having just that money inside the bank. What I do is if I save up uh, a good enough portion of my funds and I know I'm not going to touch it or I don't need to spend it later on, I'll, I'll go and buy that bullion. Um, that way I have something, I feel safe with it. And you know what? Once you buy, you can start with silver because it is quite a bit more affordable than gold. But once you have silver or once you have gold, what I find it's it's really hard to sell it afterwards and and put it into something else. Or say if you're saving up for a new car, you look at that gold and you look at that car and I have a hard time letting go of that goal. And so I always have to start that process again and uh, set some new goals, put some more money in the bank uh, until I have enough that I feel a justification to sell some of that silver, some of that gold to put into something else, possibly even real estate. So Art, I'm, I'm going to uh, give you a little bit of a scenario that leads to a question, and it's not a it's not a trick or anything What's going on right now. Is not it's a financial crisis on top of a economic crisis uh, mixed in with a uh, if it's not a full on crisis, uh, an emergency, uh, a social and healthcare emergency. Okay, so those three things are happening together. The, the economic crisis is the result of global lockdowns, 
supply chains shutting down. Uh, the whole um, the whole world is on just-in-time inventory business models, and so uh, so nobody's working uh, at the level of at the level of the service economy, it's completely devastating. Uh, many people who are servers and bartenders and and uh, uh, cooks and drivers and all of those people in the service economy, some of those jobs are not going to come back once the all clear is listed uh, or is lifted uh, from the help by the healthcare authorities. For the simple reason that the businesses that employed them uh, couldn't make it through the couple of months because they were hand-to-mouth businesses, and uh, so so we know that that's the economic crisis. It happened at the same time as a major financial crisis. So we're in a huge period of deleveraging from I would say 20 years of overleverage. Uh, over debt, and now that deleveraging process is underway, and that's why we've seen, and you alluded to it in an earlier comment you made, this unbelievably excessive central bank money printing. Uh, mm -hmm. They're trying to uh, cushion the effect of this deleveraging or or basically margin calls, uh, debt failure, bankruptcy, whatever you, how, whatever term you want to use for it, that's that's what it is. And so the central banks are standing behind this stuff, trying to manage it and stick handle it and show people that maybe it's not so bad. So we have a scenario here whereby. Uh, particularly in British Columbia, we seem to have handled the healthcare and social uh, emergency reasonably well, uh, better than many jurisdictions. And at some point here, as the saying goes, the curve will be flattened and gradually social distancing restrictions will be economic environment. Not as many people are going to be working uh, not as many people are going to be quick to go back to restaurants and movie theaters and go watch hockey and football games. And and we did a series uh, a few weeks ago on how all of that is interconnected with everything else. And so we have a different environment. And through this, we're probably going to have interest rates in the short term remain very low. But many of us are concerned about the state of the Canadian banking um, sector, and we're also concerned about the over-leverage in the Canadian real estate market. And so I wonder, with that preamble, if you can maybe give our audience some thoughts on what you're seeing in the trenches from your conversation with uh, uh, prospective investors, you know, have they put the wallet back on the hip? Uh, are they looking for better deals? And what your colleagues, the other realtors, what they're thinking and seeing? Yeah, um, that's that was a lot, but I, I completely agree with you with the, the amount of leverage that's been happening 
for the last 20 years. Um, it's almost a surreal, surreal experience that we're, we're having right now that the streets are empty. I, I take a drive through uh, Main Street here in Kelowna almost a couple times a week just to see if anyone else is open right now. Everyone's closed. Uh, we've been forced into this environment that we've taken a lot online. And I do believe that technology, every technology like revolution has a deflationary aspect to it as well because we're not going to need as many workers. Uh, so that, that portion of GDP uh, will flow down as well. I saw uh, more subscribe to that as well. More and more people will stay at home. I think right now businesses are taking a look at their books right now. They're seeing that their employees are staying home yet working still online. Uh, so I, I don't know what's going to happen to the commercial market with office spaces because after this, I truly believe that there's going to be more and more people staying home. Um, I personally, I'm in that investment field, so I have a little bit of a different approach than, say, your average realtor here in Kelowna. I do know that most realtors will be saying it's still a good time to buy because it's not right now. Um, with my investor clients, usually, and the great thing about real estate is that you can leverage your money. So you can own multiple assets for a fraction of the cost using the bank's money as well. Uh, with what happened right now, what I do advise to my clients, if they have multiple homes uh, that they're using as cash flow properties, I'm letting them know, you know what, this could be a good time right now to hedge your bets. Let's deleverage right now. Let's put a couple of those homes on the market, uh, actually sell them, and then that way you'll have three homes or two homes that you own 100% of. And because I do believe that interest rates could skyrocket in the couple upcoming years, depending on how this credit cycle goes, how the government reacts. What we have right now, I, I just don't see it being sustainable. So if you're, if someone's looking to put 5% down on the home right now, I, I advise against that. Um, yeah, I think if you're at the 20% range, you're fine. But if you own multiple properties and all those properties are leveraged, I, I want to tell my clients, look, let's, let's be smart about this. You might miss out. Worst case scenario, you sell now, you already, you capitalize on your gains that you, you already made throughout the previous years. You own, you'll put your money and own 100% of one home or two homes. And then we'll see what happens. We'll play it by year. Yeah. And then carry on forward. Yeah. Because that it, it's a risk and reward thing. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's a, that's a good, uh, good answer, good response. So one of the things that is concerning to me, and again, it's these, uh, these follow on two and three step, step down the road consequence. So with respect to uh, the investor, real estate investor, everything is working well as long as the tenant 
is paying the rent. Mm-hmm. But we're in a scenario right now where tenants aren't paying the rent. Uh, whether that's on a, you know, a single investor's single family home and he has a family in it and maybe a couple in the basement, uh, right up to Coretti feeling the influence of um, uh, e-commerce and Amazon. So the unintended, the, you know, when, when people can't, people and businesses can't pay their rent, that's a problem for the property owner if that property is levered, and most of it is. If it's if it's levered on a you know better than uh, uh, you know better or even better than twenty percent down payment, you you probably have some wiggle room. Uh, but if it's highly highly levered, you're vulnerable to the same problem that your tenant has. So. Has that shown up yet, or are we still too early in this downturn to see any evidence of that? And and how would you how would you advise potential investors who actually have some money right now and uh, see maybe uh, opportunity to get better prices? How would you advise them to protect themselves from the fact that their tenants could be easily insolvent shortly? Mm-hmm. And uh, with real estate, it does have a leg to the rest of the market. So really, we don't see any of the consequences yet with sales prices or even really volume. We won't see that until I think the end of this month. Uh, because by the time, once you purchase a home, you put it under contract. There's a couple of weeks yeah. that go about where you do your due diligence. So we haven't seen that slowdown quite yet, but I obviously expect that there's going to be a drastic slowdown coming up. Uh, now then, the government got involved as well, so they let people defer their mortgages. Some banks allowed their investors, if they didn't actually uh, live inside that home as their principal residence, some banks allowed them to defer that mortgage as well, which in itself could cause issues down the road because anytime my client purchases property, I go, I tell them to go to several mortgage brokers, usually two, one bank, one broker, and uh, shop the rates because uh, interest rates switch all the time depending on how much money that bank has at that moment yes. and uh, where they want to invest it. Now, with all the deferred mortgages happening right now, Banks are soon going to run out of money as well. Would you like to add one thing? We've got about 10 minutes left here. Um, One of the big things that Canada has kind of enjoyed in the last little while, the real estate market and the stock market, is a lot of confidence and a lot of wealth has been created in the stock market and in in the real estate market. And, And you could argue probably erode confidence in people greatly, which obviously is just like how it, it, it spirals it up, it can spiral it down. So I think one of my big concerns is, is the confidence in the market because if people look at their stock portfolios and they're off 30 40%, obviously they're going to lose confidence in, in the market themselves. And then if they go underwater in their mortgages, obviously that's a problem for the banks and for the investor and our homeowner. And I guess, you know, George can speak to the 2008 bubble when everything was underwater in the U.S. and they just inflated that bubble. And that's probably a lot of that has to do with where we are today. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I agree, Jim. So do you have any... The fortune... Go ahead. Go ahead Sorry, Art. go ahead. No, um, I was, was going to gonna... say the... <laughs> That's okay. Go ahead. You go. I was going to say the fortunate thing with, especially what I deal with, I only deal in Kelowna and surrounding area. We're not just peaches and beaches anymore. Uh, we do have quite a bit of industry here with our healthcare. I truly believe is one of the best in the world. Uh, we can attract the best doctors here as well. We have a great hospital. So um, even the boomer generation, the university, university is also important to what you Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's it's the four pillars. We have the university, we have healthcare, we have the construction industry, and we have a great airport here as well. Uh, we're bringing in companies uh, every year, big name companies. I do, I believe that's going to keep going. So we're in Kelowna at least. I, I do believe that we'll fare quite a bit better than everyone else comparatively. But I do suspect there will be an issue coming up here with that leverage. I couldn't agree with you more, I think. And I love that term, peaches and beaches. I've never heard that one yet. So that's great. Um, but I, I do think if, if you had to choose a place to live, Kelowna would be that that place. And we're not mm-hmm. as like overvalued as Toronto or Vancouver would be. So I think the effects mm-hmm. will be less here. But I but think that, uh, you, you know, you've obviously uh, played hockey in a lot of places and, and been to a lot of places, you know, as a younger uh, person. Um, for the size of city we are, uh our airport is just it's unbelievable mm-hmm. it's it's really you can get a lot of places on a direct flight that you can't get from even winnipeg you know? um, mm-hmm. so it's uh it, it is a big it is a big might weather this a little bit better than certain other places mm-hmm. do you have any closing comments there art or george you know what? I want to thank you guys. Uh, I enjoyed the conversation today, and uh, even talking to George, who's more inside that gold space and that brilliant space. I'm excited to learn more about it, and uh, I think what you guys are doing here is educating the public. Uh, hopefully, more and more viewers will listen to this show, and uh, I promise you that I'll do my part and try and educate people and give them. A heads up on what's actually happening right now and uh, let them know about you guys and the conversation that we had today. Well, that's great. And Art, uh, likewise, real pleasure to uh, to speak with you and real pleasure to realize that uh, uh, in, the, in the younger demographic, there are people that see some of the same stuff. Uh, you mentioned early on about Bitcoin. Uh, we won't go there today, but maybe we'll have you back on on, a, on another uh, podcast uh, and talking about it. A, a lot of people in, in Jim and I's demographic, they tend to set this up as a binary either or, right? And, and mm-hmm. I don't see it. I, I don't see it like that at all. I see those two things both, both doing well because they're both alternates to the fiat currency. So uh, great to talk to you about all of this stuff and continued good luck in your business. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Appreciate it.
Thank you. And uh, we'll talk again. And that has been another episode of Canadian Market Watch. Thanks for listening. To hear future episodes, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to provide feedback, ask us a question, or be a future guest on the show, please email podcast at canadianmarketwatch.com. You can also connect with the show on Instagram and Facebook at Canadian Market Watch or on Twitter at CDN Market. Join the discussion. This episode has been brought to you by Nowcast, a division of the Now Media Group, and has been produced by the Nomadic Podcaster.